Welcome back to Catechize, the <laughs> podcast where we discuss the historic reform confessions and catechisms. I'm your host, Josh. With me, as always, is my co-host, St. John the Divine, patron saint of, uh, I don't know, what do you want What do you want this week? <laughs> Deodorant. No, I don't like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, club crackers. Uh, tri- of, of, uh, of tricep dips. <laughs> okay. He's <laughs> good. John's going to the John's going to the gym after we record here, and yeah. uh, and shy little known shy John will not share this little known fact that he is uh, he's he's got he's got secret strength. <laughs> uh, some call secret. it dad strength, even though I am not a father. <laughs> but uh, it's been it's been termed that, I suppose. Actually, by you, Josh, I think. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like you're the one who said that before um so but, it's not impossible yeah but uh but yeah you know i gotta gotta crawl back to the gym every once in a while to give the illusion of health <laughs> that's very that's very good of you so, <laughs> for all those keeping watch <laughs> yeah <laughs> for for the loyal fan base questioning whether i'm staying up with my physical health right exactly yeah well now you guys all know yeah surprise <laughs> Anyway, catechism. <laughs> catechism. This is going to be this again, and we say this every time too. Famous last words, but this should be a short one. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Uh, super short one coming up here. Probably short, but we're not at the end of the episode yet. So who are we to tell? Um, yeah, certainly. Who can know but the Lord? The hidden yes. things belong to Him. Um, and this is about it's about to be revealed how we can stretch something so simple <laughs> into longer than it needs to be. But let's try and not do that. In our yeah, continuation. Let's do a short one today. Yeah, this I don't know what we would call this season. Uh it's kind of looking at the reflections on the law, maybe, following the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Um but we're in question eighty-three, um, coming off of last week where we discussed the uh the inability of man to please God, the inability of man to keep the law, and mm. uh, and and we're going to further further those reflections on the law now. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we're on question eighty three. Shall I? Uh, yeah, you read it. I'll read it, and we'll uh, we'll do this. Do this thing. Let's do this thing. All right. Question eighty three of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Here's a question: Are all transgressions of the law equally heinous? In the answer, some sins in themselves and by reason of several aggravations are more heinous in the sight of God than others. It was a good, I like how you emphasize the word several. <laughs> um, <laughs> several. Several. Uh, <laughs> Westminster Shorter Catechism, question and answer 83. Are all transgressions of the law equally heinous? Some sins in themselves and by reason of several aggravations are more heinous in the sight of God than others. Cool. So cool. Um, this, <laughs> I was just, I was just thinking ahead <laughs> to the history of the week, and I realized that I have to Google a piece of information about it so that I don't sound like an idiot. Um, <laughs> uh, nice. I'll, I'll tell you guys what it is later. Stay tuned to find out how I could have potentially added myself as stupid. Um, <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm kind of curious already. So anyway, <laughs> well, before we get there, basically. Um, are all sins equal is the question and the answer is nope um 
And there's two senses in which that's the case. Like, and we'll talk about them in this way. First, some sins are just worse. Um, and also, repetitive sin. Sins by, by reason of several aggravations, by doing it again and again, um, that, that makes it worse. I think that one's kind of an, a logical, obvious thing. Like, uh, it's, I don't know. I, I sometimes think we approach sin sort of mathematically, maybe. And uh, I think I think it's a helpful point to point out that, you know, the the idea here is like if you commit a sin once, that's not good. But if you're just a regular attendee of that sin, <laughs> that is uh, that's not great. That's worse. That's worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's look at the first one. Um, and I think this is interesting. And it is a little bit hard to do this question without doing the next one. Um, but. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna resist. Um, <laughs> uh, but but the first idea I think is a helpful one, and we'll we'll like we'll get into some conceptions that maybe are common or fly against the the ideas taught in this catechism question and answer. But this challenges the uh, a, a overly simplistic understanding of the consequences of sin, um, mm. and and it challenges an overly simplistic idea that we have about our sinfulness and the fact again from last week that none are able to keep god's law uh, and the fact that all sin and our sinners leaves us all in the same place before god which we'll talk about in more detail next week but there is a a hierarchy of sin there are sins that are worse than others and Mm. if you think about it that that's great news um, because this is a way that we get a picture of God's justice, um, and and it would be pretty pr- like troubling if the alternative was true. And we'll get into that, I think, more in the Heresy of the Week. But if you look at the Old Testament laws about sins, like again and again, the Old Testament teaches eye for eye, tooth for tooth, which is not literal. It's that's that's a phrase that establishes the principle: punishment should fit the crime. Yeah. And if the punishment fits the crime, then implicit in that statement is that some punish some crimes warrant more severe punishments because those crimes themselves are worse. Yeah, um, and that's all throughout the law. When we look at like punishment for uh, murder, and uh, it's death, uh, or punishment for other things that could be death could be something else, or punishment um, for certain kinds of theft that could be enslavement, which we talked about in our slavery episode. Go check it out. I think it's helpful. Um, <laughs> but but if you look at all of these laws, um, and if you look at the sacrificial system and, and, and the corresponding sacrifices that ought to be offered for certain things, implicit in them is the necessary distinction between sins as some being worse than others. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really helpful, especially with the sacrificial system. You know, being the there's a variety of different rituals, and um, and judge justice in general works that way in the Old Testament, where it's not like oh, I forgot to greet my neighbor in a friendly manner, sacrifice ten of your best oxen. You know, like it's <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's the they fit. They fit well together, and we, so we get that idea in the Old Testament, like you've said. Yeah, and it's the very grounds of our understanding of justice that that we have to we have to like when we try our best to pursue and implement justice, whether it be justice in our families or in our communities or in our um, political bodies, our states and, and countries, our pursuit of justice 
should be like everyone talks about and understands it's in some way that that like treating some crimes with like you can like you should not give someone the same penalty for stealing a candy bar as as like mass homicide like that's that's it It wouldn't make sense that's a natural way in which the law of god has influenced and been implemented by people almost worldwide yeah um and particularly in the west and other countries that have a christian background um or regions i guess the west isn't a country Mm -hmm. um stupid again <laughs> um but but yeah this idea is it's one that we know but it one it's one that feels inconsistent with our conviction about um the sinfulness of man and man's like what people deserve because of sin um which again yeah. we'll get into more detail next week but the idea that that some things are worse than others is i think a natural one for us and it and it to, to, to know and see that it finds its root in God's character and nature, which are expressed in his law, is a good thing. It's, a, it's an affirmation of, of, of our pursuits of justice, that they are in line with God and, and his nature, that it is right to punish more severe things more severely. Um, yeah. and, it's, and it's right to mourn certain wrongs and certain sins more than others, although all sins ought to be mourned and dealt with and need to yeah. be dealt with um for justice to be done um i don't know i think yeah i don't don't think there's a whole lot more like i think basically what we need to look at now is basically is the catechism making this up where do we see this in the bible other than broadly in the old testament in in kind of the principles of the law yeah great that's that's where i was gonna go or wanted to go as well in your mind um yeah look at us being so in sync but like in 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 matthew uh 10 and 11 jesus is uh is condemning um bethsaida and corazon and he's like woe to you for if the stuff that's been done in you his ministry and miracles had been done in sodom and gomorrah even they would have been even they would have repented it would be better in the day um of judgment for sodom and gomorrah than you guys uh Mm -hmm. because the 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 level of revelation and the level of god's intervention in bethsaida and Chorazin was greater because christ himself was there uh and they rejected him and so they're they're like they are guilty of something that is worse than Sodom and Gomorrah are not. And that doesn't downplay the, the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah, their sexual sin, their abuse of the poor, their pride, yeah. their, their greed, all of that that's listed in, um, in Genesis and in Ezekiel. Uh, but, but it does elevate the sinfulness of Bethsaida and Corazon. Like, and yeah. if, if their sins are elevated, then again, this, this, reiterates the idea that uh that that sins can be worse um i think uh i think also like that that jesus pays a particular puts a particular weight on um leading children astray like Mm. false teachers are condemned and warned and, and um and like basically threatened with like hey it's gonna be pretty rough uh in the end for you false teachers and jesus says that it'd be better if you put a millstone around your neck and were thrown into the sea than lead a child astray and so there's this like as bad as it is to be a false teacher leading people astray leading children astray is even worse um 
with this this really severe kind of condemnation of that and then in ezekiel 8 and john 19 both mention greater sins um and so it's kind of this thoroughly asserted reality in scripture that there are sins that are greater offenses against god than others yeah one interesting thing i think to note especially i think you see it with the you know we talked about the sodom bethsaida comparison there is that sort of like the same there's a sense in which the the sinner also determines the the level of punishment in the sense that you know a sin uh you know, if Sodom and Bethsaida were to commit the same sin, Bethsaida it should be punished worse because of what they know and because of like what they've experienced. And so I think I that's sort of just an interesting little tidbit there, basically, that um, so maybe like a modern example would be like if someone. Uh, I don't know, like if someone in the church, like if someone who's a pastor commits a you know, a very grave sin. It's almost, it's worse that they do it than if, um, yeah, like, uh, just a, a regular parishioner. Yeah. Member of the church. Yeah. So, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's a great connection. Like if you look at the higher standard to which pastors are like, quali- like that qualifies a, an elder or a pastor in the Pauline yeah. epistles, like that's not something that pastors are only supposed to be like, everyone should seek those qualities of being like, not mm-hmm. given over to much wine and wise and and well thought of by outsiders and able able to teach or teachable and the rest husbands of one wife <laughs> yeah um but they particularly like there's a higher standard for pastors which yeah. carries the same idea and i think we can i think we can justly apply paul's treatment in romans to like hey the jews you had the oracles of god you had the law and yeah. you, and you still blew it and the gentiles even did what the law required sometimes testifying to the fact that it was on their hearts. Um, but you had a greater revelation from mm-hmm. God. And so you're, you're not better off because you had those things. You're worse off because you had them and didn't do them. Yeah. More has been given and more is expected kind of is yeah. the idea there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then I, I guess the next one, which, <laughs> which really will not uh, <laughs> take a couple seconds. <laughs> right. Um, if you do a sin, and then keep repeating it. That's worse than doing it once. How about that? <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, I, I, we laugh, but I mean, like this. I think there's there's two sides of this one that are helpful. That repeated sin um, is is grievous and heinous because it is it marks unrepentance, which is mm-hmm. why kind of these these um, like there is this barring of certain sins from entering the kingdom of God. And there is, and, and certainly anyone who is still in sin in any sense will not enter the kingdom of God. Um, but these often are sins like homosexuality or drunkenness or, or insubordination. Like they're talking about like, this is the way that you live. You live in this habitual state of repeating a sin and mm-hmm. the heart of what makes repeated sin so heinous is that, repeated sin is is unrepented sin it's it's yeah. sin that is not um dealt with but rather that is enslaving and ruling the sinner it is sin that is embraced by the sinner rather than struggled against uh in large part now paul again in romans 7 does talk about i keep sinning i keep messing up but the repetition of sinning is different from the repetition of doing the same sin again and again and again, which yeah. Paul uh, and think in Timothy, maybe Titus talks about how um, 
there are there are false teachers who uh have seared their consciences by 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 being so deceitful so consistently that when we repeat and repeat and repeat sin it becomes like the first time you lied to your mom you felt really bad and then the hundredth time you lied to your mom it was the easiest thing you ever did yeah and and so our consciences become numb to the sin that we keep doing again and again and that's i think what's being talked about here yeah i think you know if we make this very practical i think the idea here is it's very common for for us the first time you commit a sin it's like oh crap that wasn't bad and then you start to sort of develop a flavor for it and it becomes easier a and taste so, for it <laughs> yeah a taste for it well said um <laughs> i don't know why but a flavor for it just feels so weird <laughs> you start to develop a taste for it and basically it becomes easier and easier to sin and you kind of go down that trajectory it's like half ah, the f- the first few times it was like unpleasant to to sin and then you're you start to care less and i think the idea or the emphasis is basically don't let that be the case for you you know in whatever sin you are dealing with do not get caught up in the uh, the idea well i've already done this sin so many times i might as well you know it's not that big of a deal if i do it one more it's just one more on the pile but but in actuality sin is worse as you do it more. And so actively struggle against it and refuse to make it easier to right. keep doing it. Yeah. Um, and on the flip side of that assertion that, that repetitive sin is, is worse and worse. I think we see in light of that reality, we see the the abundant graciousness of God who in Ezekiel or Ezekiel in Exodus Exodus thirty four six and following says I am the Lord a God gracious and slow to anger abounding in steadfast love mm. essential to God's identity is his long suffering and his patience with sinners yeah. sinners who do continue to sin um, and he continues to call sinners to repentance who continue in their sin um, and this reality that it is more and more heinous. Um, to to sin against God in repeated ways. Um, implicit in that is the reminder that God forgives us who are repetitive sinners and re- repeat offenders. Um, yeah. And it is fundamental to his nature when he, when he reveals himself to Moses uh, that he is a God patient and slow to anger, gracious and slow yeah. to anger. Um yeah, no, yeah. I, I love that passage and all the times where it's like referenced in the Old Testament. It's always sort of like, a, yeah, like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, no joke. So, um, well, I, honestly, I think history we're, of the week. history of the week. <laughs> all right. So this week's history of the week is Dante's Inferno. Um, obviously we're not going to read Dante's Inferno. It's really long. <laughs> we're not even going to read portions of it because my copy of Dante's Inferno is several rooms away and I could not be bothered to go get it. <laughs> <laughs> also though, um, it would, it would be difficult like, to like read a, a, a portion to get the idea. Yeah. 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 Like what's it going to, what, what, what's it going to do to read a, a one chunk of it other yeah. than maybe find the most bizarre part where they're like swimming around in blood that's boiling or whatever. <laughs> but but the, the reason we picked this is because uh while it is while there's a lot of error in Dante's Inferno um there is there like there is something in it that 
that communicates the truth, and that is that um, with with punishments fitting crimes um, and with with the like the hierarchy of sin and sinfulness, it's not wrong to say that um, while all who are outside of Christ do suffer in hell um, equally, I think that uh, which we will get to next week. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think it's inaccurate biblically to say that that hell will be worse for Hitler than it will be for the righteous pagan. Um, yeah. uh, be, because there is a, a level of suffering correspondent to the level of rebellion. And while all are in rebellion against God, I, I, I think that that is, that is Im- implied in passages of, of scripture that describe hell. Um, and Dante does capture this idea that, that hell is worse and worse for the worse and worse of us. Now, again, I think he has some, some pretty significant errors in the way that he does that. Um, but so, but he does communicate in his book the idea that some sins are worse than other sins. Yeah, so for those who may not have read Dante's Inferno before, basically how it goes is Dante, the author and uh, you know, protagonist of his own story, is led down into hell by Virgil, his guide. And they basically slowly descend down the the layers of hell. and basically, There are you know, nine of them. There are nine. I, That's what I was going to Google because I was going to say <laughs> seven. And I was like, there's probably not seven. I should Google this. Um, and I was right to Google it because there's nine levels of hell. Yeah. Not seven. Um, but anyways, but, that was but, when I was going to be stupid. Go ahead. Nice. <laughs> but anyway, so in like the higher level, like on the very top level, there is the righteous pagan. And so it's like Plato and Aristotle sitting in, a, in like a sort of like a pseudo like grove in hell, like kind of comfortable, but not really. But then as you work your way down, things get worse and worse. And like, like I just remember Muhammad is, is at a place where he has to like, he gets like cut open, like thoroughly cut open and is walking in a circle and he heals as he goes around the circle and then he's cut open again. <laughs> so they have stuff like that, but it gets worse and worse as you go down. It's pretty you creative, get... frankly. Yeah, honestly it is. You get In down a pretty bo- like upsetting way. <laughs> you get down to like... the bottom level and it's like people frozen in blocks of ice with like progressively more of their body in, you know, in the ice freezing. And then the, the very worst is like Judas Brutus. Brutus. And... I can't remember who the third is, but they're like being eaten by this giant dragon and just being crunched in the mouth of this dragon for all eternity. Um, I think it's but, Satan that's eating them, isn't it? I th- I think it is. Uh, Which is could... again a misconception. Like Satan's not punishing people in hell. That, hell is for his punishment. That's what I couldn't remember. But you get the idea. Basically, like as you go down, punishment gets worse and it fits the crime crimes that you committed in life. And so it's it's pretty interesting. Um, it once again, don't don't read it like, oh, he must have got this from the Bible. We're read good. it as fiction, not as theology. But yeah. it does capture some truth amongst amongst its error. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and it's and it's it's mildly interesting. I honestly didn't love it when I had to read it, but <laughs> I kind of liked it actually. I thought but, it was fun. <laughs> but it is it is a worthwhile read, even if it's not like. It's worthwhile for historical and theological study, and yeah. and it is entertaining in that field of 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 book and but, imaginative. Uh, so yeah, super. Um, anyway, shall we move on to the Das Heresy of the Week? 
Heresy of the Week. I think this is the first time in the history of the show that we've hit the Heresy of the Week before the 30-minute mark. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is unbelievable. Yeah, so. I, man, well, we got we actually got two heresies We're this really week. We're really doing to kinda, it. <laughs> to, to make up for uh, – uh, make sure we cover some extra time, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> to keep you stuck here longer. But anyway, so we, we have two. The first one is basically... It, it's this view that you'll sometimes encounter. It's sort of... So Sorry, when, quick, <laughs> quick aside. This is so irrelevant, but I think it's funny, and maybe the <laughs> listeners will laugh at this. I just got a text from my dad. He sent it to my brother and I. and And in the group chat that is me, my brother, and my dad, is the text today just a reminder let me read it forward forward just a reminder tomorrow is mom's birthday <laughs> the only other text in this chat is from a year ago when my dad says heads up today is mom's birthday <laughs> <laughs> oh that is funny oh. Oh, so you fun. guys uh, you don't use that thread super often <laughs> no 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 apparently not apparently me my brother and my dad don't don't text uh, just the three of us oh that's good my I'll dad doesn't know how to text thing. so I've uh I've that's two more texts than I've gotten. Um, <laughs> it's incredible. Anyway, all right. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> anyway, heresies of the week. Heresies so the, plural, plural, plural. Yeah. Plural. So the first one, um, is basically the assertion that all all sins are equal. You sometimes hear like, so in one sense, as we'll see next week, <laughs> there is accuracy to this. But when you take it too far and you really just sort of crush the distance between um between sins and cr- treat them as if they're all equal um that causes problems because it doesn't it doesn't appropriately represent god's justice it sort of has this very like like obviously there is a sense in which you know all sins are bad so we know that but at the same time the bible is clear that there are varying gradations of the heinousness of sin yeah and so some sin are... is sane. <laughs> sin is variously and uh, uh, like hierarchically heinous and uh, I forgot the word I was going to say, but yeah, s- s- yeah, sins are worse than other sins. Go yeah. ahead, I suck. So, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So the point there being just it's it's appropriate to say that they're all you know sins against God, and that's true. But you you also don't want to smush the don't flatten the yeah don't flatten the reality of sinfulness and i think like this so these two heresies go in in two different directions one i think that one is more against kind of modern maybe popular evangelicalism that 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 the modern evangelical assertion is like all sins are the same um and and the other one will be a a different direction roman catholic spoiler alert um but (laughs) i think the first one is like really, really upsetting if you actually pause and think about it. I think it's a heinous assertion to speak of sins of of, of an equality of sin. To say that 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 again, like stealing a candy bar is equal to mass homicide, that's an affront to God and his justice and a denial of true justice. Yeah. Like it is it is a it is a grievous thing to assert that God looks on like like rape and abuse and murder in the same way that he would look on cheating on a test, um, making fun of your brother or like 
I don't know, lying about whether or not you had a cookie before dinner. Like that, that, that is a heartbreaking affront to the justice of God, which is essential to his character and nature. And I think it's, it's a, it's much more of a severe error than, than we might think of it at first. And another, another related kind of point to that is if you do this, it's sort of, you know, if you flatten all sins down into one sort of like base thing, what kind of happens is you you realize instantly, all right, I'm all sins are defiant defiant against God. I've you know I'm I'm far beneath His grace. Blah blah blah. So you know, there it almost can lead to you know if it were taken to an extreme level where basically like, well I'm already you know I've already sinned. I already took the candy bar. I might as well. There's you know, ways to abuse it. Yeah, yeah, you can. It's it. I get the idea, but it just doesn't. It, it's problematic if it's taken to an extreme. All right. right. Second heresy of the week, as Josh hinted, is um, is is another uh, Roman Catholic sort of gripe that we have <laughs> as Protestants. <laughs> um, this one basically, and I think we've talked about this to some extent in a previous episode, but it, it directly relates here. So... In Roman Catholicism, there's a general understanding that once you are, uh, once you're baptized and are you receive the grace of Christ, there are two different kinds of sins. There are venial sins and there are mortal sins. Mortal sins are venial sins are like um, they're bad, they're not good, but they're not. You don't like fall from grace when you commit these sins. They're they're covered under normal. They're sins that kind of are dealt with with typical sacramental process of yeah. confession, absolution, and like doing some some hail marys or whatever. Yeah, um, and if you if you uh, if you die having you know unconfessed venial sins, you are you're you're saved. You're right. Your salvation is not on the line. That's what purgatory is for. Yeah. Purgatory is for the purging of venial sins that remain after yeah. death. So your salvation's not on the line there. But with mortal sins, on the other hand, these are the the big guns, um, like murder, for example, or something kind of on that level, um, or I guess it depends who you ask um, in terms of what is mortal and what is venial. But the idea with mortal sins is that you fall from grace. You are no longer saved when you commit these sins, and you therefore need like special intervention in order to be restored to to uh, to faith. Um, interest. I think we've talked about this as well, but suicide is considered a mortal sin. And because you're not able to, this, this is in the Catholic Church, and because you're not able to confess it because you die, uh, it's considered sort of like a... Guaranteed ticket to hell. Yes. And so... By, by uh, many. Now, the Rome, Rome is diversifying and, and liberalizing in a lot of ways, but... Yeah. yeah. But conceptually, that's the idea. Um, and conveniently, someone in the kitchen just set off the... Is your uh, house on fire? <laughs> No, someone's just a poor cook. That is. Uh, that's good. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, we're we're being but, warned about our uh, about our attacks on Rome. Yeah, they're coming for us. No, just kidding. But but anyway, so this is this rightly notes that different sins have kind of different levels of punishment, or at least are different levels of you know, injustice against God, but it wrongly attributes categories and things to them that the Bible gives us no, um, 
evidence foundation for. Yeah. yeah or foundation for and so the problem here is is not that it doesn't acknowledge the problem but that it goes further than the bible allows us to and adds its own system on top of that right and compromises a biblical understanding of grace as well that 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 the beauty of grace is that yes some sins are grievously more heinous and offensive than others and yet the blood of christ washes away the stain and guilt of every sin even those most heinous. And so the most heinous of sinners and the most benign of sinners are are are, are both, as they, need, they are in need of Christ, able to be saved by his grace. Um, and, uh, and, and, yeah, and the, the committing of certain sins doesn't change the effectiveness of grace. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the heresies of the week. Man. My gosh. My this gosh. What? A little treat world? for you all. Don't get used to it. <laughs> Um, we're continuing to work on the things we promised to work on Uh, they'll be done sometime I promise Um, thank you for turning in Uh, follow us on Instagram at catechizedpod twitter as well although you know I don't know I don't know what happens on twitter Um, just stay on Instagram if you have it and email us any thoughts questions or concerns at catechized at gmail.com so we can get that uh, questions with the catechumen section back up and running um, be on the lookout yeah. for new updates and fun things we're working on it uh, thank you to our patrons for supporting us thank you to everyone for supporting us by listening sharing subscribing leaving a review or a comment in app on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts um, uh, we appreciate all of that and are genuinely thankful that uh, that you appreciate this and we'll keep doing it as long as you keep wanting us too <laughs> as long as it's continued to be helpful for the church and we're able yeah. uh, so so yeah uh, catechize your kids we'll see you next week bye bye